0: In 2023, nearly a quarter million illegal aliens entered the United States every month. Nearly all of these illegals followed the same mass migration trail that starts in Quito, Ecuador, and ends at the U.S. southern border. So, we decided to follow the trail ourselves. Along the way, we discovered secret Chinese staging hotels, crossed through the world's deadliest jungle, embedded with an illegal alien caravan, rode the Mexican train of death, And finally, we're kidnapped by the Gulf Cartel, just hundreds of feet from the United States border. This video will expose the entire illegal alien pipeline for what it is. A United Nations weaponized migration agenda, masquerading as an organic humanitarian crisis. This agenda directly benefits cartels and human smugglers, exposes the United States to incredible geopolitical threats, and could potentially usher in permanent one-party rule All
1: right, that's a video that just came out recently. It's produced by an organization or I think it's just a few guys uh, called Muckraker. and they actually followed these uh, these passageways. There are several of them into the United States through Central America. It's very frightening. It's a very powerful video along the way they found, uh, like stops for Chinese single military age men, uh, and all of these instructions to the immigrants, the massive amounts of Im- immigrants how to get free things, uh, which what signs to look for. It's a it's detailed maps that are being handed out, and they find out that this is coming from international forces, United Nations. Uh, this is an attempt to invade our country, and to tear down our country completely, to pollute it with people that don't embrace our Constitution. Actually, many of them are our enemies coming across the border. It's dangerous. It is so dangerous. I saw a little clip on Newsmax uh, just recently, and it was a, a reporter who's on the border, and he's he's seen, found or saw a very tall man, not in a suit but in a sports jacket, with these people crossing the border, but he wasn't mussed up, dirty, he didn't look like he had you know you know gone through the river, he just came across the border in that place, and so the reporter went up to him to ask him uh, who he was, and he said you he said sp- speaking Arabic, but then speaking with an Arabic accent, he said, "You are too stupid to even know who I am, but soon all of America will know who I am." Well, they did facial recognition on him, and he's from a former Eastern Bloc country, and he's the leader of the Muslim, uh, I guess the Brotherhood, whatever the um, the group in that country that's a, the strong adherents to the Quran. He's the head of that. And so that's the kind of people that are coming across the border. We won't talk with Chris Chmielinski about that today. He's the head of a new organization that's fighting what's happening at that border and trying to stop it in D.C., And we'll talk about a lot of the details of that. But I want you to understand how dangerous this is. And by the way, we'll put that uh, video of Muckraker on our Facebook page, Sandy Rios 24-7, because uh, I think you should watch it. It's gripping. It's frightening. Uh, But we need to understand the dangers and what in the world is our president doing? What is he doing? What are the people around him doing? Do they not understand that this will affect their lives, their children's lives? You cannot allow this. You can't allow criminality and, um, I guess we could say insurrection, although not true because this is an invasion from foreign powers. Insurrection is from people inside. But they're coming from the outside to destroy us from within. And I think they're making pretty good progress, actually. But we're going to talk about what's happening at the border today uh, and what's happening in D.C. to stop it. So I hope you'll stay tuned. Well, this is Sandy Rios, and you're listening to Sandy Rios 24-7, and we're very grateful that you are. Uh, One of the reasons that we can come to you and talk to you in this way is we have a great supporter preborn, And that's all about uh, saving the lives of babies, so don't tune out, because this is an unusual way of doing it, and it's actually very effective. It's not just talk. It's action. Abortion has remained the world's leading cause of death for the fifth consecutive year in twenty twenty three despite the overturn of Roe v. Wade, making it the leading cause of death in the world. Tragically, this total is greater than the number of deaths attributed to the next seven causes of death combined. Preborn is leading the charge in our nation to turn this around every day. preborn's network clinics rescues two hundred babies. You see, by introducing a mother to her child on ultrasound, a baby's chance of survival doubles. 200 babies are truly miraculous, but their work has only begun, as by the time I finish this life-saving message, two babies will be aborted just in this country. Will you join Preborn and Sandy Reels 24-7 and make 2024 the biggest baby-saving year in history? An ultrasound, which is what Preborn does, is just $28.00. And so I hope that you will please help preborn to stop this really slaughter of the innocents. It's what it is. Uh, go to preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy. And make your best donation now at the start of this fresh new year, 2024. You can call us at 662 821 2040. That's 662 821 2040. You can write us at Sandy at AFR.net. You can find us at any podcast platform. AFR.net is our home base, but you can find us on Spotify and Amazon, all the platforms that are familiar to you if you listen to podcasts. All right, well, listen, thank you uh, for listening always, and I hope that you'll stay tuned. Again, you might want a pencil and paper because this is... This is uh, something that we all need to at least have a general knowledge of as we talk about the invasion of the border and what we can do about it on this edition of Sandy Rios 24-7. From American Family Radio, Sandy Rios. We are not called to be nice. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in
2: D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. I think
1: the most important thing we need to demonstrate to our children is genuineness.
4: Federal officials demanded that Texas allow access to that high-crossing area by today. But Texas leaders say that's not happening, and in fact, they're doubling down. And the state has installed rows of razor wire in Shelby Park and says more is being added along the border. A Supreme Court ruling allows for federal agents to cut or remove the wire, but there's been no decision yet on the case as a whole. Governor Abbott says Texas is doing what it has to do with the backing of the Constitution.
3: Regardless of what federal statute may exist, the supremacy the clause supremacy means that the Constitution itself is the supreme law of the land. The Constitution itself provides Texas with a right of self-defense in this case because the United States has abandoned its responsibility to defend Texas.
4: Former President Trump is among a growing number of Republicans rallying behind Governor Abbott in the escalating fight with the federal government. Trump is also calling on Republicans in Congress to oppose a bipartisan deal on border security. Those negotiations continue with members of both parties expressing optimism that an agreement will be made. Others say President Trump putting some pressure there and could cause that bill to stall. Some now asking President Biden to federalize the Texas National Guard to take control of the park in Eagle Pass. And White House officials have not yet commented. Brandon?
1: All right, Sandy Reels with you on Sandy Reels 24-7. That's a report from Dallas Fox 4. Well, as you know, things are horrendous at the border. It is literally an invasion. And so there's this f- attempt by good people in Washington, D.C. to stop the bleed and to do something about it. And there's an attempt on some really bad people who happen to have high-powered positions in Washington, including our president, who seem to love the chaos and love the fact that somehow America is changing, and this is what they want. So I've asked uh, Chris uh, Chmielinski to join me this morning. He's the president of a brand-new organization uh, which um, has a lot of mojo already there. Uh, Rosemary Jenks, who's a good friend, and she's been on many times formerly of Numbers USA, has uh, formed this new organization along with Chris, and they've become a powerhouse already in the fight. So if you're looking for good information, Immigration Accountability Project is the place to go. Chris is the president, and he joins us this morning. Good morning, Chris.
5: Good morning. Thanks for having me on.
1: Chris, I know these are – can you quantify, like, numbers? Give us numbers of what this – we hear different numbers and different metrics but i'm sure you guys have some how would you explain the the magnitude of the invasion of the border
5: well unprecedented is a word that pops into my mind to describe a whole lot of everything that's happening right now um not just what's happening down on the border but also the actions that governor abbott is taking down in texas to defend his state and the citizens of texas um Let's just look at December alone. So you had over 300,000 encounters along the southern border. Um, far more, uh, a far, far higher number if you start to include all ports of entries across the entire United States, including the northern border. But 300,000 encounters along the southern border, that's a combination of individuals who crossed the border illegally and were apprehended by Border Patrol, as well as people who have no authorization to enter the United States, but still tried to enter the United States through a port of entry. And they got there by either um, completing, uh, requesting an appointment through the CBP One app, which we know that the Biden administration and DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas has been promoting and pushing. Um, and then others that just hear, well, if you come to a port of entry and say the right words, the US will let you in and stay here indefinitely. Um, that number is 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 ridiculous first off it's it's the highest number we've ever seen recorded and just to put it into perspective when obama was president and biden was vice president back in the mid 2010s it was around 2014 2015 we had a significant border surge which president obama and uh then dhs secretary jay johnson shut down pretty quickly But the number of encounters slash apprehensions at the southern border on a month-by-month basis was about sixty to 70,000. And then during the 2019 border crisis under President Trump, we saw it get close to 100,000. I think it exceeded 100,000 for just one month, but that certainly lasted for a a couple of months before Trump put in popular programs like the Remain in Mexico program to end it. So what we're seeing now is not only a tripling of what we've seen in any month in known history but unfortunately and sadly and especially when you when you con- when you compare it to to the, to the to the rumored senate deal or the senate deal that that w- that it, that, it, that is talking about that that we may see a vote on we're talking about normalizing these numbers and that's the most concerning thing is that we have folks in the senate and also within the Biden administration including our own president and a select number of voters across the country who think it's okay to have 150,000-plus people cross the border illegally every single month.
1: Yes, and I absolutely want to get to that so-called bipartisan Senate bill and get into the guts of that, Chris, with you and, and what's really happening. We have to date on that, but back to Texas just for a minute. Um, this really is a crisis, a showdown, a constitutional crisis, uh, when Governor Abbott, Install or instituted, I guess, three months ago. I think uh, this process. To say, if you're, if the federal government is not going to protect the southern Texas border, we're going to do it. They started putting up, uh, you know, razor wire and these ba- floating barriers in the uh, in the river. Um, and so now the Supreme Court, they took this question. The Biden administration objected, so they took the question all the way to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court, with the help of Amy Coney Barrett and uh, uh, John Roberts. Uh, ruled against Texas and in favor of the Biden administration. Can you just say a word about that? What you think was ha- sure. uh, happening?
5: You know, the 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 ruling was 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 surprising, but then not surprising in a way um, because you know I think I, I think the two more conservative justices who who sided with the more liberal justices um, in ruling that that the, the U.S. Border Patrol had access to those lands. You know, they're, they're, they're trying to uphold the, the rights and obligations of the Border Patrol to defend the southern border. And, and if they, from their perspective, Texas was impeding the Border Patrol's operations. But when you look at it big picture, Texas was actually trying to stop illegal immigration into the United States by putting up this razor wire wire around the park whereas Border Patrol wanted to cut it down to continue to enable illegal immigration into the United States. So it goes against actually trying to secure the southern border and stop uh, unauthorized entries here into the United States. Um, now, just, just a reminder, and, and that clip that you played at the very beginning of, of this segment um, made an important note. The actual merits of the case have yet to be weighed. That's still going through the lower courts. Um, This was more of an emergency injunction type ruling. So they said, you know, we can't wait for this thing to go through the entire legal process. Uh, The Biden administration was arguing our Border Patrol agents need access to this park now. Texas said we need this razor wire now in order to prevent additional illegal entries into our state. Um, and so that's why we're, we're we're leaving it there. And they just went to the Supreme Court for an emergency ruling on it. And that's what it was. Um, so we could still see the Supreme Court reverse its initial decision on this once the merits of the case proceed. But I think we're going <laughs> to, we're not done with this issue now, because as we now know, uh, you know, it's being reported that Texas is defying the Supreme Court. No, that's not Technically, what they're doing, what they're doing is they're saying, okay, you want to, you want to allow the U.S. Border Patrol to cut down this razor wire. Well, now we're going to say that the federal government has an obligation per the Constitution to defend our borders from invasion. And we don't think the federal government is doing that. So we're declaring that this is an invasion. And the Constitution, as the Abbott administration down in Texas argues, The Constitution gives us the authority to raise a militia to stop the invasion if the federal government is unwilling to. So that's Mm -hmm. at the crossroads, and I mentioned unprecedented uh, a few minutes ago. I say that because as far as we know, this is the first time that any governor, at least since the Civil War, that we know of any governor who has said that there is an invasion into his state, The federal government's not doing what it needs to do to stop the invasion, so the state is now taking over.
1: Yes, and and 25 other governors, uh, 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 conservative governors, I guess I could say, have sided with Governor Abbott. And I think we'll just make the point before we move on here that I think uh, Governor Abbott is right when he talks about the Constitution was very clear that the federal government's powers were to be limited to very few things, Mm
6: -hmm. Interstate,
1: interstate commerce, uh, protecting the country through war. And I don't, uh, And the states had to have all the rights. They had all the rights to run their business, all the freedom to do that. And it's just the uh, federal government that's gotten out of control. So they're, they're challenging that principle and thank God they are because we have a, uh, a president that we can't really trust right now. In fact, uh, let me just pause just for a second, Chris, because there's this great back and forth between Peter Ducey and John Kirby on this very issue. I just want to give people an idea of how We'll pivot to Washington here, but this is the executive branch. Uh, Biden's response to job John Kirby to uh, Peter Ducey's challenge is clip four.
5: But what is the president's plan? This is happening just weeks after 300,000 people came into this country over the southern border illegally. The Razor Wire officials down there think was keeping some of them out. And you guys just sued and won. To remove it
6: on on behalf of the border patrol, who needed who needed to have better access to it. Look, let me go back to your other question, and I, I, I know I'm running short on time, so I, I won't I won't filibuster here. But what's the plan? Please look at the stuff we've put forward. The immigration reform. Uh, legislation that the president put forward on day one. The work we're doing in the region, just last week we had uh, Mexican officials here to talk about how together we have and will continue to try to stem the flow of migrants. You mentioned the, the numbers. No question there's a lot of people trying to make that journey, but it's not just to the United States, it's to other countries in the world, in the, in the region. We're seeing historic movement. Not, not since World War II have we seen this many people on the move in this hemisphere, and the Mexicans are really stepping up and trying to do the more, the, more on their southern border to keep that flow going north lower. A- and we have seen in recent weeks some success at that. the, the, the idea that we don't have a plan or a strategy or we're not taking this seriously is just not borne out by the facts. And you know, again, if the, if, if the Folks in the, on the House Republican side are, are serious about border security, and they claim they are. Then they should act on the supplemental request, and you know, let's negotiate this in good faith. The president has said he's willing to make uh, compromises. He's willing to negotiate in good faith. So, so let's let's have that t- discussion.
1: All right. So Kirby, is uh, John Kirby, is claiming that the Mexicans are stepping up to the plate and the the flow is being stemmed. Is that true? Is that true, Chris?
5: Well, well, well. You know, they're bragging that. That uh, illegal or er, encounters along the southern border are, are down in the first two weeks of January, but we don't necessarily know what that means. And we've heard this song and dance before. Remember, uh, way back last, early last year, when uh, the administration um, aged out Title 40, the Title 42 authority, the old COVID era policy that, that prevented a number of people from being released into the United States. And we saw a temporary drop in the numbers, and then what happened? We had 300,000 illegal alien encounters last in in the month of December. So, you know, the truth is in the we're going to have to wait until the January numbers come out, which won't be until late February, to see if there truly is an effect. And then we're going to need to see consistent months of 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 drops. Here, Um, you know, because this is what's happened. We've we've ended up seeing, you know, maybe a dip for a month, maybe two months, and then numbers return not only back to where they were previously before they dropped, but also to higher levels than they were before the drop. And there's one more comment that I want to make about about Kirby's statements. You know we've heard it from joe biden we've heard it from kamala harris we've heard it from alejandro mayorkas and a number of members of congress they keep on talking about comprehensive immigration reform and this bill that that the biden administration introduced on day one uh back in january of 2021 well since then the senate's been under schumer's control that bill has yet to come to the floor in the senate so Democrats have controlled the floor of the Senate this entire time and have yet to hold a vote on that legislation. How can they blame that on anybody else but themselves, that that nothing has been done when it comes to border security?
1: But, of course, you are not saying in any way that Biden's plan on comprehensive immigration reform is anything we oh, no, would want. Terrible. But you're just making the point <laughs> that they, they have a bill and they just haven't moved on it. I, okay, so... Exactly. Uh, I think it was last spring, Chris, when the House uh, passed H.R. 2, which is a, a wonderful immigration bill which would stop the mess, stop the staunch. We can talk about the details of that in a minute, but it it cannot get uh, traction in the Senate. It's just like a, it's a no-go in the Senate, and that's uh, including the Republicans. So lo and behold, what I'm saying a month ago or so, we began to hear rumors about this Schumer-Langford Border uh, um, Bipartisan bill, let's just say. Well, I want to say, I want to give you a shout-out because the uh, Immigration Accountability Project did a deep dive on this and uh, found out, first of all, that there was no text, even though uh, Lankford kept saying there was text. Uh, So you talk, you tell us. How did this thing come about, and uh, where are we now?
5: Right, right. So uh, just a little background, the Immigration Accountability Project, um, you mentioned Rosemary Jinks earlier, that her and I have been working on the immigration issue for, for for decades together. And we decided to start this new group because we were sick and tired of members of Congress saying one thing and then doing something else. And then pretty much officially launch our group on January 1st. And then lo and behold, you start to hear wind, as you mentioned, that. Lankford and McConnell are working with Schumer and a few others in the in the Senate, as well as both President Biden and DHS Secretary Mayorkas on a bipartisan border agreement. But nobody knows the details. Well, we were we were able to learn of those details and, and we made sure that the public knew about them so they could be forewarned before the Senate even considered um, putting this on the floor and, and moving it along once we actually have bill text. Um so we 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 sent out that I think we sent out that notification over Twitter, I think, at the end of the first full week of January. And ever since then, um I, I would say that this this bipartisan border bill, especially from the right, has just been getting pounded away at. Now, unlike HR two and what Governor Abbott is trying to do down in Texas, that would actually stop or at least significantly reduce the number of illegal border crossings and encounters at ports of entry of illegal aliens. The Lankford Schumer McConnell Biden plan wouldn't do anything of the sort. In fact, it would allow up to four or five thousand. We don't know exactly because the text of the legislation hasn't been introduced yet. Um, it would allow up to four or five thousand per day before any sort of emergency authority kicks in for the president of the United States. Now, you do the math on that. Let's say that the cartels perfectly manage that process and bring in 4,999 every single day to keep us just under that 5,000 threshold. You're talking about 1.8 million illegal aliens entering the country every single year, or at least encountering Border Patrol officers and CBP personnel at ports of entry. That re- that that yields 150,000 a month. Again, that's almost triple the number that we saw under the Obama administration when President Obama and his DHS Secretary Jay Johnson were panicking at the time. Uh, so again, when I say that what we're seeing here between both a border, this the Senate bipartisan border deal, and from the current White House is that they want to normalize these high levels these record high levels of illegal immigration, and we just can't take it. The American well, people just can't accept that.
1: You, you were so – I mean, the, Fox actually ran your graphic, and I'm so grateful yes. Fox did this. I, I maybe others did too, but I'm holding the Fox little sheet here. Uh, but they also increased green cards by 50000 a year. Like, we need more – to make them legal more quickly, work permits for adult children of H-1B holders – Immediate work right. permits to every illegal alien released from custody. And on and on it goes. That's what, that's what Langford is trying to sell. I, I'm hit, hitting him hard because he's been very deceiving about this, I believe. Did you think I'm overstating it, James Langford?
5: No. No, you're not. Because, in fact, he didn't directly call us liars, but definitely insinuated that we were lying about the details of the deal right after our tweets came out. And as you mentioned, Fox News had picked it up and publicized it widely over the weekend right afterwards. And at the end of that weekend, uh, House Speaker Mike Johnson tweeted out an image of that graphic and just simply said no <laughs> was, his, okay. was his tweet in response to that deal. Um, and again, Langford essentially insinuated that we were liars and now you have CNN reporting. On Friday night, they break the details that they finally struck agreement on this, and Bill Text is coming soon. That pretty much says everything that we said two and a half weeks ago, three weeks ago. Um, So wouldn't mind an apology from Senator Lankford. Not expecting one time soon, but yes, he's been very deceptive. And the reason why is because they know what's in there. They just want to present it in their way that makes it sound better than it really is. You know, they're playing up the fact, oh, we're going to have emergency authority and it'll immediately shut down the border. Yes, that'll happen, but it'll only happen after you have a record level of illegal immigration first. And to me, that's just not acceptable. And I think to most Americans, that's just not acceptable.
1: Well, I just want the people of Oklahoma listening to know what their senator's doing. He's deceiving them and he's deceiving the country. And I think... I don't know his personal motivation, but I know that several of these senators, like Senator from North Carolina, who's also barking about this and complaining that there would be any kind of opposition, uh, they're they're tied to the Chamber of Commerce. At least many of the senators are. Again, I don't know about Langford. I'm assuming uh, they are tied to the Chamber of Commerce, who gives big money to them, who who want workers, workers, big business wants workers, and they don't care what it does to our country. They don't care. In fact, um, so Donald Trump weighed in uh, in the last few days and kind of sent a signal to the Senate. I don't know what he said exactly. I'm just saying he said, don't don't do that. Don't go there. Don't uh, don't accept that compromise bill. And as a result, was there some slowdown or what happened?
5: There there seems to be. So at first, Um, It started once Donald Trump had won the New Hampshire primary, uh, and it became extremely clear that Trump was going to end up winning the nomination, the GOP nomination for president. Uh, McConnell, after really supporting these negotiations and working with Lankford and Schumer and Biden-Mayorkas and some of the other players on putting this deal together, Uh, McConnell actually went into the Senate Republican conference and said, listen, thank you, Senator Lankford, for for taking the lead on this, but the politics have changed. Trump's going to be the nominee, and he doesn't want us to do this. I think what that essentially did was it freed up the Republican senators to vote how they wanted to. So up until that point, McConnell was really whipping Republican senators to support this deal, regardless of how bad it was. Um, and that, that was essentially McConnell releasing them and saying, you know what, you need to do what you need to do, and if you feel you need to oppose this. Now, prior to that happening, Lankford had been saying that what we need is we need 25 Republicans or a majority of Senate Republicans to support this deal. As long as we have that, not only can we get it passed in the Senate, but that also puts pressure on the House of Representatives to take it up regardless of what House Speaker Mike Johnson said. Um, But once you had Trump coming out publicly and saying he doesn't want anything to do with this deal and basically begging Congress, begging Republicans in Congress not to go along with this, that really hurts those chances. So now the question is, not only will 25 Republicans support it, but will this thing even have 60 votes in the Senate should it come to the Senate floor for a vote? Uh, And I'm not so sure it does. I mean, there are some that we know that will end up supporting it. Republican leadership, McConnell, soon are likely to support it. Lankford, obviously. Um, and then you have a couple of, I'm going to call them squishes, Collins and Murkowski and maybe a few others. But you also have maybe six to 12 Democrats who are not going to support it, either because they don't like the immigration provisions or they don't like the funding with for Israel that it's going to be paired with. So not only do I think they're not going to get the 25 senators, but they may be – it may be a very difficult road for them to get 60. But essentially, you've had Donald Trump saying, I don't support this. Please don't pass it. And he took it a step further and said, you want to blame me? Blame me for it. Great. You want to blame me for sinking this deal? That's fine. I'll take the blame because I think this is a bad deal for the American people.
1: Okay, so two things. I just want to clarify. I, I, just so people will know, we don't have to talk about this. But also added to this, uh, this bipartisan Schumer Lankford border deal uh, is uh, is funding for Ukraine, and so that's a, the, the the defense hawks, which I used to be a compliment and isn't so much right now, uh, are all in right. for that. So it's, that's muddies the water. I want to just read a quote from Mitt Romney because what the um, what the press. And now these uh, senators who hate Trump are doing, are blaming, saying that this is a Trump did this. He wants to stop this bill that's going to save the country and you know completely reform and and stop the invasion at the border. They're saying that all uh, President Trump is doing is he wants this as a campaign thing. So uh, Mitt Romney says I think the border is a very important issue for Donald Trump, and the fact that he would communicate to Republican senators and Congress people that he doesn't want us to solve the border problem because he wants to blame Biden for it, is really appalling. So let the record show those are the kinds of senators that are representing us right now. Well, all right, so even if it goes, even if they should get 60 votes in the Senate, the House is not going to pass this, are they?
5: No, no. I mean, there are some procedural things that could happen if you ended up getting if you ended up getting a certain number of Democrats and a certain number of moderate Republicans all banded together and enforced Johnson's hands with a discharge petition but it certainly looks like at least for now that Johnson has no plans to bring this to the floor um, you know House of Representatives are up every two years so every single Republican member of the House is going to be on, a, on, on the ballot this year where that's not the case for the Senate. So the Senate, since they serve their six-year terms, you only have a small portion of them that are going to be on the ballot. So it's less impactful for them at the at the ballot box what they do on this particular plan because two or four years ago from now, their voters are going to forget about that this border bill was was even being discussed. Um, for House for House members, it's it's a lot more personal for them. It's a lot more uh, crucial for them to, to, to do something or not do something on this. Um, and, it, you know, to look at Senator Romney's comments, that's, that's the question. Let's have a debate about whether or not, once we see the text, this Lankford-Schumer-McConnell-Biden plan will actually secure the border. Because from everything that we've heard, not just what we've put out, but also what some other reporters have now put out, doesn't sound like it's going to support the. It, it's going to secure the border, but it's going to secure the border after we allow in over a hundred thousand illegal border crossers every single month. That's not securing the border. Securing the border is not letting in one person illegally.
1: Okay, so the last question, really, Chris, and I sure this is what people are thinking. Well, okay, so we're we we do not want that bipartisan bill. That sounds bad. Uh, but HR two, which is a really good bill, which does secure the border, and that's what the House passed. They did pass. Even the rhinos in the House passed this bill. That's how good it was. Uh, the senators, one
5: person voted for it, right, in favor wow. of it on the Republican side.
1: Wow. Well, so the senators won't consider it. So where does that leave? Where does that leave us, Chris? What recourse yeah. do we have except for the states to step up and secure those borders?
5: yeah and this is this is what's disappointing about republican senator the senate republicans is that you you actually have had a vote on hr2 in in the u.s senate so senator roger marshall from kansas introduced it as an amendment uh the house passed hr2 version to the debt ceiling the debt limit ceiling bill back in june i believe it was of last summer and same as with the house every single senate republican supported it except for one so essentially the entire senate republican conference is united behind hr2 at least they voted that way but they're unwilling to use it as leverage to fund the federal government or to 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 use it as leverage for for ukraine funding instead they send out langford to negotiate this extremely weak border deal um so that's that's the disappointing thing to me uh I, I I would say at this point in time the best option if you're not willing to use HR two as leverage for either Ukraine Israel funding or for government funding, then you know, it's it's probably best to hold off and wait until the elections. Senate Republicans have a very favorable map. Republicans may take retake control of the Senate after the after the elections and you might have a new a new chief in the White House. So uh, that's that's probably the best option at this point in time if you're unwilling to use H.R. 2 as leverage over some of this other must-pass legislation.
1: Well, Chris, I really appreciate this conversation. I know people need to know and they need to understand, even though uh, we got in the weeds a little bit, I think, Hope in general, they, they understand that we've got some great people serving us in D.C. who have really fought uh, to get this good bill passed, and we have some really bad people in the Senate who are stopping it, and that includes the leadership, and so, and that includes uh, James Lankford and some and Mitt Romney and whoever else we've named. Tom Tillis. It's uh, so just those of you that are in those states, please don't vote for these guys because they held your babies and they're your neighbors. Stop doing that because you have warm, fuzzy feelings. You need to vote for or against them based on what they actually do, what they actually do, and we're telling you today what they're actually doing about that invasion at the border. Chris Chmielinski, I always have trouble with your name, Chris. Chris Chmielinski, Chmielinski, Chmielinski. Did I get that right?
5: Chmielinski.
1: Oh, Shmolensky, oh, Lord. Okay, well, I'll get it. I've <laughs> na- been tenth-
5: it for almost 50 years, so it's
1: easier. <laughs> yeah. Well, the 10th time I interview you, I'm sure I'm going to get it right. But anyway, Chris this is the president of the Immigration Accountability Project, and they are the new powerhouse in D.C. And on uh, on your website, you actually have a, a great updates on what's happening. You have stories of, uh, some, of the criminal, some of the crimes that have been committed against Americans from illegal immigrants. It's very uh, full of information. So ha- what's your website, Chris?
5: It is IAProject.org, IAProject.org.
1: Okay, IAProject.org, simple and good. All right, Chris, thank you so much, and God bless you guys and all you're doing. Um, so, And we'll talk to you soon.
5: Thanks so much. God bless, too.
1: Thank you. All right, Sandy Rios on Sandy Rios
5: 24-7. This is Sandy Rios 24-7 on American Family Radio.
1: hi, this is Sandy Rios back with you on Sandy Rios 24-7. And I want to remind you, Preborn, our sponsor, their life-saving work will continue at a greater level as they fight the abortion giants who receive increased government and corporate funding as women continue to have unplanned pregnancies. Preborn clinics stand strong, offering love, support, and compassion to hurting women, helping them to make the right choice. And you are the answer. You are the hero of every preborn baby in this nation and an ambassador for eternal life for every mom, dad and family that walks into every preborn partner clinic. For $28, you can sponsor one ultrasound, but any gift will help. And what you're doing is helping a woman meet her baby for the very first time. Okay, so you know the drill. You go to preborn.com/sandy. That's preborn.com/sandy. And that's where you can make the most generous donation you can afford.
4: This
2: negotiation going on right now at the Senate, it's not a draft, it's just a proposal and they're still in talks, but it would focus on two main issues, border security and aid to Ukraine. But right now, its future remains very uncertain.
3: It's really bad. It's the worst that any of us have seen.
2: Yavapai Sheriff and President of the Arizona Sheriff's Association, David Rhodes, says action on the border is far past due. For months in Arizona, politicians from both sides of the aisle have labeled the situation a crisis. But in Washington, weeks-long negotiations on a bipartisan bill in the Senate have seemingly stalled after former President Donald Trump suggesting on his social media site that Republicans were better off not making a deal.
3: President Trump has indicated to senators that uh, he does not want us to solve the problem at the border. Uh, he wants to lay the blame for the border at Biden.
2: Something Republican Senator Mitt Romney criticized.
5: The idea that, that someone running for president would say, please hurt the country so I can blame my opponent and help my politics is a, uh, a,
3: a shocking uh, uh, development. The
2: bill has yet to be drafted. But reportedly on the table, systems that would make it easier to expel migrants, and increasing the requirements to claim asylum in the U.S. Also at stake with the proposal, ensuring aid to Ukraine. In a letter to members, Republican Speaker of the House Mike Johnson warned the Senate that if rumors of the contents of the draft proposal are true, it would be dead on arrival. But many in the heart of negotiations, including Arizona Independent Senator Kristen Cinema, remain optimistic a deal will be met stating, we're close to clinching a deal between Republicans and Democrats on a bipartisan plan to secure our border, protect Arizona border communities, and ensure the fair and humane treatments of migrants. We're making good progress day by day. As those on the border, like Cochise County Sheriff Mark Daniels, demand some type of solution, and soon.
6: We have a federal government that should be working arm in arm to protect communities and Americans. And working along with sheriffs and mayors and governors. But what I don't see is that that's not happening. And until that recipe of common sense is applied, this is
0: only going to get worse.
2: And we just recently got a statement from the White House and President Biden vowing to sign a bipartisan bill on the border if he gets one on his desk. Reporting live here in the control room, Lauren Clark, Fox 10 News. Lauren,
3: thanks.
1: Well, that should tell you something. Uh, the Biden is going to sign this if it passes this bipartisan bill. That should tell you something, right? And I just was reviewing these bu- bullet points uh, that the uh, Immigration Accountab- Accountability Project prepared: five thousand migrants per day. They're going to. They're going to. Oh, you know, they're just going to allow five thousand per day. Plus, they're going to give increased uh, green cards, work permits for adult children of H-1B holders, immediate work per- permits to every illegal alien released from custody. That smacks. Of catering to big business to me. I like big business. I like American businessmen. I like the fact that they can make a lot of money, build companies, and provide jobs. I've got no problem with that. But there was a time when American business were patriotic, when these great titans of the Northeast in the mid century actually loved their country. They didn't do everything right, but they surely would not have cooperated with this. And I think about our founding fathers whose they were they were businessmen themselves. They owned land. They were landowners, property owners, and many of them, their farms, their property, disintegrated during the time of trying to, to save this country during the or to create this country during the Revolutionary War. And now we have just descended into this uh, nation of selfish people, just a nation of selfish people. I don't exclude myself from that list. Indulged and selfish, and not willing to sacrifice anything. Uh, to secure the border because the the invasion is not a reality to us. All right, I've asked my husband, Bruce, to join me. He's the former FBI agent, a former prosecutor in Cook County, which is Chicago, Illinois. And I know he has a lot of thoughts about that conversation. Hi, thank you for joining me.
3: I'm glad to be here. T- and uh, this is an absolute soft invasion of the United States. Make no Make no mistake about this. This is not people coming here because they're in need. This is an organized invasion of the United States. Uh, the Chinese, you know, they've been trying to catch up to us militarily for several years now. There's no need for that. We're doing it to ourselves. They don't have to overcome our military capability. We're letting their people in through the, the southern border. And don't think that these people have pla- have good plans for us. You heard Muckraker talk about how there's Chinese hotels. They refer to it on this pipeline from Ecuador to the U.S. border. Well, why do you think the Chinese are running hotels down there? It's not to help us. It's to facilitate the entry of people who are have bad intent for the United States.
1: You know, Bruce, in, a, in a briefing last week, I just heard that there are two hundred thousand military Chinese at the Panama Canal right now, 200,000 and growing. They just keep adding more and more. And that's, of course, where I think 70% of our trade passes through there. And, of course, that's not that far from us if you're coming up through Central America, at least not as far as China is. Well, and so dangerous, well, dangerous.
3: Yeah, look what's happened over in the Middle East where they've closed down some of the routes, and now the ships are having to reroute, and it's increasing the costs of things. It's increasing the time it takes you to get... But that's going to be minor compared to if there is a takeover of the Panama Canal. That will restrict our military in their ability to move back and forth between the hemispheres. It will stop our trade. As you said, 70% comes through there. You know, this is an attack on so many uh, fronts. It, these people that are coming here are overwhelming our hospitals. Try to go in an emergency room and, and get treated. And, and look who's sitting there. And these people... I'm sorry, this is going to sound very generalized, but so many of them, they're not there paying. We are paying for them. They're overrunning our schools. Uh, Spanish is becoming the language spoken uh, in many schools. Uh, Social services, welfare, um, child aid, things like that.
1: You know, Bruce, one other thing on uh, Panama Canal. I was just thinking as you were talking, do you remember Jimmy Carter? We used to we built the Panama Canal, and so we used to you know run that because it was such an important gateway to our commerce. And Carter, with this, made this grand gesture in 1978, uh, where he decided he would give control of the canal back to Panama. Well, the problem is you'd think, well, they it's in their territory, so that's fair, That's what people think. But the problem is, it's a it's a key, a key to our commerce. It helps us trade from west to east. Uh, we send our ships through there. It's a, it's a military uh, entry port into the country also. And so it was foolish. You never know in Central and South America where the winds are going to blow. And so you could. that was a foolish thing to do, and that's what Carter did.
3: Well, you talked about the Chinese are down uh, in the canal zone. They're also in Cuba. I mean, they are strategically um, entering our hemisphere to exert influence on many governments you know, th- this whole thing, we whole issue of immigration, I believe we look at incorrectly. Um, the way the left uh, posits illegal immigration is that these are poor people who are coming here for a better life. And what do they do? They take pictures of little kids coming across the, the river at the Rio Grande and uh, that they're beaten up and things. But that's not what this is about. the The cartels and that use they use these people. I hate to call them useful idiots, but they are. They the cartels put that up as the face of what's what's being um, done with this immigration. But what's really being done is fentanyl is being brought in here by the drug traffickers. Uh, do you think these people get here on their own? by ingenuity. Think of these countries that are are supporting this immigration from Central America. They cannot exist on their own. You know, you go down there, it's chaos. There's no social services, none of this, but somehow they're able to organize this incredibly sophisticated pipeline. Now that is not being done by good guys. That is being oh, done by bad guys who are making money off bringing people here and then putting them into servitude when they get here. Don't think that these people that come here are allowed to have a normal life uh, by the cartels. If they owe owe money to the human traffickers, they are controlled once they get across that border, even though they're in the United States. Prostitution, uh, trying to uh, move their drugs, things like that. We have to understand what this problem is about it's it be it would be nice if all this was about was trying to help people in need, but really,
1: it's
5: not. It,
3: that's I mean, just the facade of this whole thing.
1: Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of things. I mean, there it's a vortex as it always is. It's the cartels controlling our border now. It's the entry of drugs into this country. It's the mistreatment of those people, the abuse of them in the process. Almost all of the women are raped along that way. Uh, and so, uh, then of course we got these international interests, uh, people that want to destroy the country. We have uh, big business interests, Chamber of Commerce interests here, uh, trying wanting cheap labor, and they don't care if American citizens who live here now their wages will drop as well. So it's a it's a just a confluence. And I always think, Bruce, of uh, re- having read the rise and fall of the Roman Empire when I was much younger, uh, that this is exactly what happened to Rome. Uh, and it, it was the, they had hordes, the, the the northern hordes coming down and invading, but the, it first decayed from within. Yeah, and That's
3: if you it. think this isn't being facilitated by our government, also, I tr- I ask you to go to an app, CBP one, Customs and Border Patrol one, CBP one app, and look. You can make if you're looking to come to this country illegally, you can make an appointment to see a, a Customs and Border Patrol person when you get here. I mean, we are telling people online, come here. We will facilitate you. It tells you how to travel. It tells you where to go. It tells you how long the wait is at each. From our Customs entry, and Border from Patrol. our Customs and Border Patrol.
1: <laughs> okay, great. One last one happy thought. Uh, I'm understanding from my friend Cleta Mitchell that there's no requirement in federal law that documentary proof of citizenship must be provided in order to register to vote. Uh, And so people are going into the uh, DMVs (laughs) signing up for a driver's license, which now we know illegal immigrants who can't speak English definitely deserve a driver's license. Uh, but they as the, at the same time that they sign up for a driver's license they sign up to be eligible to vote and most states are not even asking for proof of citizenship, birth anything And so you see where this is going we can see where this is going and that's why we have to support um, I, you know, one last thing I want to say that a lot of discussions in DC about how to stop this meaning the invasion and if you can already hear because we talked with Chris for great, amount of time this morning about what the problems are there and getting something done. But I, you can say what you will about Donald Trump, and you can accuse him of what you want. But he stepped in and did the right thing here. He stopped this, I think, I think he will have stopped this Schumer-Langford border deal. And I'm grateful. And I'm sure many of you are also grateful. So I want to set the record straight. I don't think, well, maybe he's using it as a campaign issue. I don't know, but it's the right thing to do. And so I'm grateful.
3: Well, people should be using it as a campaign issue. It's This is an invasion. This is not just an issue like you know taxes or something like this. This is really about what kind of country are we going to have? Are we going to be Americans? Are we going to be mongrelized? And I I don't use that term derisively, but it just means: Are we going to bring people from all over the world who we don't know who they are? We can't keep track of people. They're sucking down the resources so that. Erodes what we have customarily don't, had as our as our way of of governing. Each
1: don't other. share our values. Don't embrace our constitution. They'll do away with the constitution. That that's uh, coming on the horizon. We won't have any rights left. So, all right. Well, we could go on and on. Did you notice we could go on and on? Uh, but I want to thank you for listening, and I want to remind you you can call us at six six two eight two one two zero four zero. You can write us at sandy at afr dot uh, you can listen to us on any podcast platform. And I want to remind you, look, uh, I bring you a lot of bad news because there's a lot of bad news right now. But I want to remind those of you who are followers of Christ, and it would be my goal that by the time you end up listening to me these years, you would absolutely embrace him as the Lord of your life because it he brings hope. He is the living hope because there are things that transcend this world Uh, There are purposes and plans that are much greater than the cartels, than the international forces, than the uh, Chamber of Commerce. Uh, They have their plans, but God looks down and laughs at the plans of these kinds of people. So I, I would love to just encourage you to get into God's Word, and if you are in God's Word, then you know what I'm saying is true. And so don't be anxious. He wouldn't want you to be anxious and worried. Do something. Can you do something productive to stop this? You can do just do whatever you think you can do, but do something. Whether it means supporting a congressman or a senator or a presidential candidate that uh, that you think holds the right values, you can do something like that. Uh, don't stop. Don't stop being salt and light, please, because if you do, then we certainly will. If we are, if we can't save our country, we can at least slow the disintegration for the sake of our children and grandchildren. I just encourage you. All right, so. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to today's edition of Sandy Rios 24-7.